Welcome to the IoT podcast powered by Paratus People. Be among the first to find out what's happening in the fascinating and growing world of IoT from the industry leaders themselves. Welcome to the IoT podcast. Today I am joined uh, by Mr. Kez Links, General Manager at Corvo. Kez, thank you very much for your time today and thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. My pleasure. So we've been wanting Kez on the show for some time. Uh, for those that have been following us for a little while, you, of course, um, know exactly who Kez is. Kez is considered as one of the founding fathers of Wi-Fi. And uh, today he's going to be talking a little bit about what his career has been in Wi-Fi, what he does at Corvo, um, and talking about Wi-Fi 6 and the office-less office. Um, so, Kez, first of all, how did you actually start your career in Wi-Fi? Could you go into that for us, please? Yeah, yeah. Let me first say success has many fathers, right? And, <laughs> and, and failures are orphans. Uh, but um, um, I, I was involved. I think my first Wi-Fi presentation was in 1988. Um, and actually, it was pretty soon after um uh, cordless telephones had become somewhat of mainstream and what we saw is that computers became portable at that time it was still called luggable but they became portable and um and, and another you know phenomena was that networking of computers started to emerge so if you add these things together you ask yourself the question you know wouldn't it be great if uh, if computers can can be wirelessly connected, um, and that was, uh, yeah, it's it's very funny. But that was the invention of Wi-Fi. Um, uh, you know, sort of an insight in this makes sense. And then you know, initially you uh, you get a lot of people asking you the question. You know, why is this needed? Uh, you know, cables are easy. Cables are reliable. Uh, uh, who in the world is waiting for? computers being uh, being uh, walked around and and connected and i i remember um uh, also at that conference i had my my spouse uh sewing into my jacket an um a, a pocket and i had a, a sharp um a laptop in my pocket and i said you know in the future people will be able to pull their laptop out of their pockets and open it up and be connected to the network. I, I didn't know about smartphones at that time, <laughs> but uh, it's very interesting that you see this whole world kind of uh, converging towards uh, connectivity everywhere. Um, you know, and this was also you know way before internet was mainstream. It was in the early days of uh, of email. It was uh, way before Wikipedia existed, and and Wikipedia I still consider as you know the brilliant invention of uh, of of the internet or the yeah. brilliant application of internet sharing knowledge. Because I think that you know when when societies evolve and grow and, and become smarter, it's because it's the collective the collective knowledge of everybody that's building on top of each other, and that is kind of enabled by by the internet and and wi-fi is an is an easy way to get on the internet and the thing i can be blamed for is is you know that early insight that getting easy on and off the internet would become vital and uh, it's it's funny to put it in perspective i even uh, 
a 19 year old son. So he was born in 2001. And I think the, the major breakthrough uh, of Wi-Fi was in the year 2000 or around year 2000. Yeah. So um, uh, he, he never lived without internet or Wi-Fi. And if I ask him, um, uh, you know, do you know there was life before Wi-Fi? <laughs> Actually, we had a discussion yesterday with my 14 year old daughter. And she, she looked at me uh, about, you know, uh, life without a smartphone. And it's like, it's, it's a very interesting phenomena, right? Um, when when uh, my daughter is uh, 14, she has done more written communication than probably until I was 25. Because, you know, with all the, with all the, the, the uh, instant messaging that she does uh, with all her friends, I mean, her, her her verbal skills and her communication skills are are just astounding, and she's always connected with friends. and And you know, in, in our days, that was totally different. So it was it was uh, it's amazing uh, if you see what has happened with uh, with Wi-Fi and the breakthrough with uh, with Wi-Fi and how that has changed our life to a large extent to the better. You know, yeah. some people say, you know, we want to go back to. Uh, uh, life before. Uh, I have a funny story about it. My, my son-in-law, he was so fed up when he was listening to the American uh, Senate hearings of uh, uh, Google and Amazon and uh, and Microsoft. He, he decided to get rid of his, his smartphone. And um, it, it lasted less than a week. And then he was begging my, my daughter uh, whether he could use her smartphone because life without it had become totally impossible it's kind of indicative on uh, on on how connected the world is uh, mm. and this is this is my slogan uh, my slogan is uh, a connected world is a better world because i believe you know despite all the fake news and the and the and and all the all the the horror stories that you're hearing a connected world is still better than than you know a world that that we are not connected uh, and that's a yeah. sort of underlying belief that I was very happy to contribute uh, to with uh, with Wi-Fi. And that's in short a story. It's yeah. uh, it's a lot of work, but the ID, the uh, the invention, was uh, was very short. Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic. It's funny you should say about your son actually. So he's ne he's never heard a dial-up tone before. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's never had to plug rj11 cables into <laughs> sockets and uh yeah it's, it's interesting how quick things move on right but um no absolutely yeah thank you for sharing that so guess how, how does your team within corvo at the moment then how do they really maximize the, the full potential of wi-fi 6 because obviously this is uh something that's spoken a lot about in the community at the moment and the, and the advantages etc so what yeah. do, what's your, your what does your team do within that yeah well Let's let's put put things in perspective for a second. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I think Wi-Fi six is uh, is an interesting name, and actually it was adopted for for the new uh, standard in Wi-Fi. In the past, Wi-Fi never bothered numbering the standards, right? Um, because if you really count, uh, it's the seventh generation. So if you have to call the first Wi-Fi Wi-Fi Zero, you, you end up with Wi-Fi 6 today. And, and the naming came a little bit after 5G. Uh, you know, 5G, 4G, 3G did a really good of marketing uh, 
uh, effort and, uh, and, and Wi-Fi decided, well, we need to mention, need, we need to call out for a new name to, uh, to, to give people some perspective on, on the growth. Uh, so they, they've decided to go to Wi-Fi 5 and Wi-Fi 4. All the rest of the Wi-Fi number is forgotten about. Uh, doesn't matter anymore, but if you look through history, uh, when we launched Wi-Fi in 1999, uh, Wi-Fi 0 to a certain extent, uh, Wi-Fi has gone up in data rates um, a factor of thousands. Wow. And so in 20 years, a factor of thousands in data rate improvement. So if you ask me, you know, what is the whole story about uh, Wi-Fi? Um, Wi-Fi contrasts with, you know, 3G, 4G, 5G, as Wi-Fi is the indoor communication channel. Um, 3G, 4G, 5G is outdoor communication. It's you need a SIM card, you need somebody else's base stations, you need somebody else's services to use these base stations to connect to the internet. And it makes a lot of sense, right? It's like uh, 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 5G is the freeway of outdoor, and in your in your house you own you own you think you own your own ether. And therefore, you can use your own technology and you don't need a subscription. You don't need a SIM card. And you still have the highest uh, data rate and data communication in your house. Of course, you need access to your house with broadband or fiber. But uh, if you put things in perspective, um, Wi-Fi in your house is what you use for being connected. And uh -huh. Wi-Fi 6 is just faster than Wi-Fi 5, than Wi-Fi 4 while still preserving range. Here's an uh, interesting thing. The, the, the battle in, uh, in data communication is the higher the speed, the shorter the range. So the, the innovation from Wi-Fi 0 to Wi-Fi 6 is how can we go up in data rate? How can we go faster? How can we serve more people at the same time? And still avoid that the range reduces. Naturally, radios reduce in range if you go higher data rate. So you get a big story of gigabit per second access on 5G. Well, better be darned close to a, a, a base station because if you're further away from the base station, your data rate goes down rapidly. And in particular, if you're indoor and you have to go through walls or go through glass to reach that outdoor base station, then, um, you know, then you lose a lot of data rate. So the challenge is always how do I get higher data rate and preserve the range? And Wi-Fi 6 has done a few things together to get still that, that, that 10 gigabit data range, which is a thousand times faster than the 10 megabit the first uh, Wi-Fi's were, right? So the 10 gigabit, and how do we preserve that range? And to a large extent, that is done by expanding capacity and by using a concept that we call, um, that we call in Corvo, one pot per room. But uh, what people already had been doing is installing repeaters in their house or multiple access points, and it all became a little bit complex. You, you almost yeah. had become half of, an, of a network engineer, and in Wi-Fi 6, that has completely simplified. You can have a repeater, we call it a pod, 
a repeater in every room and that pod, that repeater talks with your router at the front door and it's one network. It's one configuration and all the internals are standardized now and connect your house together in every room with Wi-Fi 6, uh, with higher capacity, with higher data rates and still providing full indoor coverage. And I think if you if you ask me what's the key of Wi-Fi 6, that is the key of Wi-Fi 6. So higher data rates, still full coverage. You can almost guess, you know, what's what would Wi-Fi 7 bring, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a it's a little bit of a treadmill, but um, uh, there's a there's a there's a funny saying um, in, um, uh, in in between software and hardware. You know, it doesn't matter how fast the hardware is, the software will always catch up. But, yeah. but that a little bit applies to uh, to networking as well. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, how fast you make the network. The applications will catch up and will need faster networks. So um, higher data rates, more capacity, and still preserving good indoor range. That is the, the name of the game in Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much for that. It, I think it leads me on really nicely to my next question, actually, because clearly this year has been uh, incredibly challenging for many, many people. Um, and, and I guess with the events of 2020, do, do you think that the officeless office is here to stay? Um, and if so, what is Wi-Fi's role within this, you know, moving forward, obviously with, with six and potentially the next release? How, how do you see this um, changing the, the, the working world? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, first of all, you know, a, pa a pandemic is a, is, is a is a horrible is a horrible experience that we kind of collectively uh, are going through, and it's it's testing society, right? It's uh, testing society from all angles, not only from an uh, a, a health and a healthcare perspective, but also from an uh, eco eco economical perspective, uh, and it's uh, it's it's really kind of um, uh, in a way a, a tough situation that uh, that is testing the resilience and and is asking from people is looking for you know inventing other ways. In in a way, it is a um, uh, as horrible as it is to say, but it is a it, it's a a massive social experiment uh, where essentially we are cut short in some areas and, and need to reinvent ourselves. Uh, but, uh, uh, but there is silver lining here. You know, people were uh, standing in traffic a lot. Um, we're commuting, spending a lot of commuting time. Um, and, 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 you know, interestingly, you know, small companies had already learned how to deal with, um, you know, with work from home in the past because small companies have short communication lines. And if somebody said in a small company, hey, uh, I, I will be more efficient if I can work from home tomorrow, you know, there was never a problem, right? But, but large companies were always kind of concerned about working from home, uh, you know, the lack of uh, oversight, uh, the usage of new technologies like, you know, video conferencing, um, it was very funny. Corvo is a large company, and and just this year in February, we had hired a person to promote to promote the usage of Teams to reduce the need for travel, because there was that vague notion that if we use Teams more and video conferencing, then probably we can reduce travel costs. Well, this person had finished his job in a few weeks. 
because there's the pandemic. <laughs> there was no choice. Yeah. And and people are really to learn, um, you know, that it is highly efficient to work from home and it is highly efficient to use all the all the tools that were available, but that we kind of for one or another reason not had not yet had fully embraced. And this social experiment um, uh, basically forced to to use these new things. And uh, I must say, even initially, people were, were very excited about, uh, uh, you know, working from home, using the tools and productivity went up. We are now half a year later, a little bit in the, um, well, there are also drawbacks. Uh, people are struggling separating um, home life from work life. Um, you know, not every everyone has the proper setup at home uh, to be able to work from home uh, or to work so frequently from home. So uh, after the initial enthusiasm, we are going through a phase of um, sobering up and sobering up to um, to a situation that work from home probably is is going to stay. Because also people people also realized, you know, all the commuting time. Actually, that was that was lost productivity um, one or another way. So people are catching up to uh, to the idea that uh, work from home is stay is going to stay there, and 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 work from home has advantages. But we need to kind of learn how to deal with the disadvantages, and the disadvantages, you know, um, uh, you know, need to be addressed. But circling back to Wi-Fi, I mean, you can only imagine um, that uh, we have seen a steady increase in uh, in the need for better communication and better networking um, uh, gear at home. And we have definitely seen a positive uptick in our business uh, related to that. And we think that that will continue for a while. Um, it's very interesting, the arrival of Wi-Fi 6 and the arrival of, um, uh, of COVID and this social experiment kind of uh, uh, collided into a, uh, into a, an, an acceleration of uh, of of people uh, upgrading their network or mm. finding the need now to upgrade and and the, and the reason to upgrade. So we, we can definitely see that. And uh, uh, but but we felt all along that Wi-Fi six and and Wi-Fi is here to stay, and uh, and and is further facilitating work from home, and that's what we clearly see as well. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's really important as well within all of this is that the infrastructure stays sa stable uh, from the operators right down to the technology itself, right? Yeah. Um, to, to, to maintain that as, as we see an, an, an increased move to yeah. uh, flexible working. Um, in there, your, there's, an, sorry, there's, an interesting, there's an interesting backdrop to this eh? because initially we, but, but also several other companies were wondering um, can can the internet sustain work from home, or will it coming down, or will it come down crashing under the weight of the increased application? And, and it's very interesting uh, that we have seen the internet holding up fairly well, and I think that's to a large extent due to um, that the internet was already tested by a lot of video applications. Yeah. Um, um, people were were using a lot of broadband for uh, for watching TV, uh, uh, for watching series at home. So so in a way, the the broadband network w was already a sort of over dimensioned to address that need, 
and the the video conferencing um, and the work from home is is uh, and, and we'll have to see the statistics in the in the coming year how that unfolded. But the 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 addition of work from home to the to the broadband network actually seems really 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 rather limited. So the internet was already quite well dimensioned for people watching videos at home and therefore being able to deal with the additional work from home that we are seeing today. Uh, doesn't mean that uh, the, there is pressure and there is increasing pressure now on the broadband companies to, uh, to extend the, the quality and the capacity of the broadband network. But you see there, there's a similar, a similar race going on from, uh, from DSL and cable to fiber. Yeah, so th there is uh, an increased, uh, or there's there's a comparable demand on uh, on increased network capacity that is somewhat complementary to the distribution of uh, of the network and in particular Wi-Fi in the home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think recently we saw obviously some of the larger streaming services scaling back the compression rates of their video yeah. in order in order to keep. Uh, keep stability right um but but it's but it's very it's very interesting and obviously the increased appetite for content and the quality of that content and um and, and what is and what is being used on the internet today is heavily video orientated compared to what it used to be right yeah. and, and and as such the requirement for data is 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 increasing um you know astronomically uh Kez, where do you where do you see Wi-Fi in the next five years. Where are we going with this? Um, you know, what 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 types of things can people expect to see from future releases and uh, and future standards being created? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mentioned already Wi-Fi seven uh, that is being worked as a standard in the um, uh, in the uh, IEEE um, uh, community, uh, so to say. Um, but there, there's also expected to be a somewhat of an intermediate release. Uh, it's called Wi-Fi 6E, so it's an extension to Wi-Fi 6. And Wi-Fi 6E is going to address the increased uh, availability of bandwidth. Uh, as you probably have uh, heard in the United States already, there is a new frequency band added to the, uh, to the uh, unlicensed spectrum that is being used by Wi-Fi. It's, yeah. uh, it's called the six gigahertz band. It's a uh, very confusing. Um, Wi-Fi six does not use the six gigahertz band. Wi-Fi six was there, and then the six gigahertz band was released. But the same standard as is being used for Wi-Fi six can be used in the six gigahertz band. But that standard is called Wi-Fi six E, and as I mentioned, it's already released in uh, in the United States. Um, uh, Europe and the UK, um, uh, um, Korea, Brazil uh, are other kind of countries or, or areas, uh, leg legislative areas that are looking to follow the United States in expanding um, the unlicensed frequency band, uh, paving the way for Wi-Fi 6E. Wi-Fi 6E in a way is the same as Wi-Fi 6, but because it has more uh, more frequency, it can uh, harbor more channels, and because it can harbor more channels, more people can simultaneously work on Wi-Fi. That is essentially the intermediate step of uh, between Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 7, therefore it's called Wi-Fi 6E. 
It's the same standard as Wi-Fi 6, but it has more channels, so more people can simultaneously use Wi-Fi 6. So think about uh, large venues, uh, convention centers, stadiums that will benefit from this in the first place. But we also will, we are also expecting to see that this will propagate into homes and into offices. Um, and it's the same theme again, uh, more capacity, more users having the high, the same high bandwidth at the same time together uh, and therefore allowing higher speed connectivity. And yeah, it's all paving the way to Wi-Fi 7, which uh, uh, at this name is still kind of running around as .11BE, a working group in the IEEE standard, standardization committee for um, even higher data rates. People are talking about 40 gigabit uh, per second uh, right now to uh, to really move on to the to the next generation. So. Um, there is no, uh, there's no rest for the wicked uh, yet. Uh, we keep on going and uh, def de defining uh, newer and higher data rates because, as I mentioned, you know, applications will catch up. And yes. uh, yeah, I mean, going a factor of thousand in twenty years, we don't expect uh, uh, it will stop now. We, we expect. Well, will we expect another factor of thousand in the coming twenty years? We don't know. We can't hardly even imagine the applications, um, but but what we talked already about is, uh, you know, omnipresence and awareness and being connected all the time. Um, yeah, I think in a, in, a, in in at least ten years we'll kind of look back at uh, at the primitive quality of uh, video connectivity uh, that we have today. So we think there's still uh, there's still ways to go in uh, in higher data rates communication, and that's yeah. what you working on and continue to work on that. Yeah, fantastic. Kez, thank you so much uh, for joining the show. We really appreciate it. And thank you for your insights. It's, it's great to have you on. Uh, perhaps in the future, when we're, we're in a future standard, when seven is finally released and out there to the general public, perhaps we can talk again. But we really appreciate, appreciate your time and uh, thank you once more. You're very welcome. All Pleasure. right. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for more episodes in the IoT podcast, the leading podcast among the IoT community.